Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. Today, we're talking about Wells Fargo. Yes, they're in the news again, and it's not for a good reason. Today, on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, it was reported that one of their business units altered client information in a manner that was not appropriate. Boy, they just keep appearing in the news over and over again. Less than a month ago, Wells Fargo was in the news where they were fined a billion dollars, yes, a billion dollars for improper practices in the car insurance business and in the mortgage business. In fact, in the car insurance business, they had 570,000 clients that were charged for insurance, car insurance that they didn't need. And a further review found that 20,000 of those customers may have defaulted on their car loans and had their vehicles repossessed in part because of those unnecessary insurance costs. Back in October, the bank revealed that some mortgage borrowers were inappropriately charged for missing a deadline to lock in some promised interest rates, even though the delays were in fact the fault of Wells Fargo itself. And then, of course, there is the famous new bank account scandal where Wells Fargo employees opened unauthorized bank accounts on behalf of customers without their knowledge and then charged them fees for having those accounts. And those employees were internally rewarded for signing up new clients in a very elaborate scheme that eventually resulted in the downfall of some of the senior leadership at Wells Fargo. It just keeps going on and on and on. It's amazing to me how some people choose their bank. I mean, we're talking about the folks that we need to trust with our money. Because remember, the second you put money in a bank account, it's no longer your money. It's the bank's money and you are a creditor, maybe a secured creditor, maybe an insured creditor, maybe an unsecured creditor, depending on the type of account that you have. So having trust in your banking institution is of vital importance. What's amazing to me is how people choose their bank. The vast majority of people choose their bank based on the proximity, that is the convenience of a particular physical branch to their home or office. That's the number one reason people cite in choosing their bank. Nobody's looking at the balance sheet. Nobody's looking at how the bank operates. Is this a good place to put your money and is it going to be safe there? Is it going to be handled appropriately? Is it going to be handled with the kind of fiduciary care that you would expect? And is the bank's balance sheet or their banking practices strong enough that they're not going to be putting your funds at risk because the bank is being too aggressive in the marketplace? And then there's the people that choose their bank because they're giving out a free calculator or a free pen or a free toaster. Oh my goodness. And then here's the sneakiest trick of all. There are those banks that offer you the opportunity that if you open a checking account and a savings account and you transfer $100 a month or more from the checking account to the savings account, you get both accounts for free. Wow, isn't that a great idea? It encourages saving, which is after all, it's a good thing. But you know what? If you fail to have enough dollars in the checking account to transfer those $100 on the 15th of the month, according to their automated piece of software, they will charge you the fee for both accounts. So instead of paying $0 for those bank accounts, you're going to pay double the cost of those bank accounts. And you know what? The cost of the bank of having an account on the books is actually zero. This is, after all, a computer that's doing all the work. The computer is there. It's a record in a database, and it's not costing the bank a single penny to open an incremental account. It's fair to say that all banks are not created equal. In fact, the Federal Reserve and the bank regulator conduct what are called stress tests under the Dodd-Frank Act, 
where they examined the financial health of all of the financial institutions in the United States. Many of these results are available for public viewing. So here's a novel idea for you. How about if you looked at the Federal Reserve's assessment of the bank that you're about to put your money in instead of opting for the free toaster? Now I know what you're thinking. Victor, you're being a little bit extreme here. The government will take care of us. The bank regulator is doing their job. I don't need to worry about my bank going under. Over the last couple of years, since the banking crisis that erupted in 2008, a number of jurisdictions have changed the regulations around how banks are capitalized and how banks are insured. Governments want to avoid having to do a bailout. So there is new legislation on the books in many jurisdictions in Europe, in the United States as well, to do what's called a bail-in. Now, a bail-in is where they take depositors' money, yes, that's right, money from you and I, to save the bank in the event of insolvency. Arguably, that's a scenario where we become, as depositors, unsecured creditors of the bank behind equity shareholders. That's an inversion of the typical scenario that we all believe is true in the world of banking. So seriously, folks, don't choose your bank based on convenience on your drive to work. Don't choose your bank for the free toaster. Take a close look at their balance sheet and how they're being managed. Take a look at what the bank regulator thinks of them when the stress test results, and only then choose your bank. In the meantime, have a spectacular day, make some great things happen, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.